Hello, hello, and welcome to the show. You're listening to the We Podcast, and I'm your host, Sarah Menares. I believe that we all need a space to speak our authentic truth, as well as a space to hear the truths of real and vulnerable people so that we can better understand that we are not alone. Hearing the experiences of others encourages us to step into the light in our own lives. It is through owning our stories and learning to speak our truth that we are able to grow and rise above the challenges we face and step into the full power of all we were created to be. You will hear many topics discussed in this space with people from all over the world. We hope that you feel welcomed into a community of growth and that this space will invite you to uncover the absolute greatness that is already inside of you. Oh, and don't forget, check out all the We Podcast episodes as well as the We Spot blog over at thewespot.com. Are you ready? Let's dive in. Hey there, it's me. You're listening to episode number 68, The Reality of Successful Entrepreneurship. In this episode, I get to talk with Gresham Harkless, aka Gresh. Gresh is the founder of CB Nation and is the founder and digital marketing specialist behind Blue 16 Media. Blue 16 Media is a digital marketing company providing digital marketing services like web design and SEO to small and medium-sized businesses and organizations. Central to his marketing philosophy is that you are a media company, developing a marketing strategy to connect with your target and reach your goals. CB Nation is a business-to-business brand focusing on increasing the visibility of and providing resources for CEOs, entrepreneurs, and business owners. CB Nation consists of blogs, podcasts, and videos. All of those links are in the show notes. Gresham is also a graduate of Howard University and Georgetown University. If you're an entrepreneur, this one is for you. We talk about the reality of starting your own business, taking necessary leaps of faith, and about what it takes to become a successful entrepreneur. Really about the behind the scenes, the things that people don't see when you're building a business. Gresh is a delight to chat with, and I love the insights that he shares with us. But it's not all about business. There are some great life lessons in there as well. I know you're going to love it. So here we go. Here is my interview with Gresh. Welcome to this episode of the WE Podcast. I'm really excited to have Gresh Harkless here with me today. I feel like this is going to be a really special, interesting episode for all of my listeners who are into entrepreneurship and business. I know that you, Gresh, have a ton of really insightful, helpful information to share with people when it comes to startups and business and podcasting and blogs and all of the amazing things. And so we're really excited to hear your wisdom in those areas, but also hear a bit about your story as well. So thank you for being here. 
No problem. Super excited to be on. And thank you for that high bar. I got to make sure that I touch today. (laughs) 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 I think it'll be easy for you. No worries. (laughs) So we met just about maybe a month and a half, two months ago. I was on your podcast Mm -hmm. called CEO Podcast. Mm -hmm. I am CEO, right? I think it actually comes out tomorrow. So you guys will have to check that out. Nice. Exactly. Perfect timing. (laughs) Yes. So that was amazing. And I felt like we chatted there and it was like, I need to talk to this guy more and hear more about what you have to say and just about your story in general. So I know you have two-ish businesses. You kind of said that they were combined. You want to tell us a little bit about that? Yes, absolutely. So I have a digital marketing company. So I do primarily web design and SEO for like entrepreneurs and business owners. So what I usually say is a lot of times it's just, I usually say the name of the game is being found. So a lot of times we have great products and services or podcasts or things that we're doing, but we just want more people to kind of know about it and get our name out there. So from a simplistic level, that's what kind of like what I do from the Blue 16 standpoint, just sitting down having consultations, looking at, you know, those opportunities, looking at what the goals are and then creating, sometimes creating a website or tweaking a website, but also kind of thinking of things from like an SEO standpoint as well. So initially before I even started my business, I was really like interested in entrepreneurship. I didn't really know exactly what that was or what that looked like. So what I started to do was to interview just entrepreneurs and business owners, find out why they started their businesses, what things make them unique, how they came up with their business name. So all those exciting things. I used to have a column called the Entrepreneurial Spotlight and I would do those interviews, but I tore my Achilles tendon and long story short, I couldn't get out of bed as much as I I did before. And that's where I started uh, CEO Blog Nation, which is now CB Nation for short. But basically at the heart of it, the goal is to increase the business success rate. And I try to do it in kind of a two-part way, which is to hear the stories from entrepreneurs and business owners, but also provide resources to help them out. So I'm always on the look for incredible entrepreneurs and business owners that want to talk about their stories, exactly what it is that they do to be successful and efficient. It kind of manifests itself in you know the podcast, but also um, blog articles and guest posts. And, and we're trying to do more video interviews as well. So that's a short snippet into kind of like the two things I'm working on. Mm-hmm. Mm, I love that. I love that. A couple of things you talk about, you know, the real in business startup. And I I think that one area that you and I can really connect is, you know, your business focused. I'm a bit more personal focused, but still both of us focusing on the power of a story and the power of people's experiences and where they've been and, and where they've come from. And having that information is just so helpful in so many areas of life. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that's one of the kind of the big things that has kind of, I guess, shifted a lot with businesses and brands is that because of, you know, all this technology, the podcast, the blogs, and, you know, going live on Facebook or Instagram is there's a lot more accessibility to to businesses and organizations. And now we kind of have the ability to have more options, more choices, so we can kind of decide with our dollars what we want to do, what we want to support or not support. And a lot of times, 
you know, brands are able to kind of show more of themselves, show, you know, their great days and sometimes their not so great days. And we get, you know, that accessibility to kind of understand exactly like what it is to really run a business. And I think, you know, largely because of technology, that's been kind of a little bit more open than it has before. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I really love that. I think it's really easy for us just as humans to look at other people's experiences and say, wow, like they got really lucky. This must have always been easy for them. Why is it not easy for me? (laughs) And get discouraged by that and comparing to other people's stories. So I know that probably most people who have a successful business have not had an easy road. And so I would love to hear a little bit more about your backstory and what got you started into where you are now. Yeah, absolutely. So I think that um, when I was, I guess, younger, when I was trying to figure out exactly what I wanted to do before I started the blog and the digital marketing company, I was just trying to, you know, figure out exactly what my gift was, what I felt like I was good, what I could bring to the world. And I think that my way of approaching that is just actually doing a lot of different things. So I'm pretty active in trying out, you know, a lot of different ways to try to, you know, create a business. But I think one of the best things you can kind of do is look back to when you were younger, because I think when we're younger, we do things because we enjoy doing them or a lot of times we're naturally good at them. And I think a lot of times that plant seeds for what your your gifts are and, and your talents are and things that you have that natural kind of sway towards doing. So for me, I had a kind of a unique story where my dad went TDY for a year. So he was in the military and he went to an entirely different country for an entire year. He did it when I was younger, but he did it again when I was a little bit older. And, you know, you start to go outside, play basketball, do all those things with your dad. And he wasn't going to be able to do that anymore. So I, I remember like, you know, hearing that was going to happen and I, you know, kind of took it. But then I think I remember I was just bawling like a baby on the drive to take him to the airport. Mm-hmm. So for me, that was a really, really difficult time. But one of the ways I was able to kind of connect with him, me and my mom, and, you know, we would talk with him, we would send him emails on that time, AOL, primarily, uh, this is pre, you know, Zoom, pre Skype, pre FaceTime, and all those mm-hmm. things that we have now, I created like a family newspaper. So every month, I would basically find out all the things that were happening in my family. But I would basically, you know, use Clipboard and get you know, Microsoft Word and just, you know, create this newspaper. And then, not only were we talking with my dad, but also was able to kind of send him those uh, newsletters to try to help him know also what was going on with the family. And naturally, in true entrepreneurial form, I also kind of sold this subscription to my family members so that they can also know about everything as well, too. That was kind of like my first, I guess, touch into entrepreneurship. And the reason I bring that story up is because I did the proverbial kind of potato chips at the, on the playground and things like that. But I think that story was something that I don't, I'm not still sure exactly how I came up with it. So I think sometimes those things that we do in life that we're like, why did we do that? How did we come up with that? Sometimes push us towards where we will want to be. So, you know, fast forward a lot of years, that's really um, what kind of late planted that seed for me to start, you know, the podcast and, and, and the blog and all those things. But even with that being said, it was not, you know, all sunshine and rainbows as you kind of touched on and what I love that you do, you know, for this podcast, because I was laid off, I was laid off once. And 
that was really, really difficult because I kind of felt like I had done everything I was supposed to do, quote unquote. I, you know, gotten, I got my, my bachelor's and my master's and done all those things, gotten good grades, you know, followed, you know, all the, the points I was supposed to. And life didn't happen like that. And it was definitely a difficult time. And then that happened once, but luckily I was able to take another job. But at that time, I also knew that job wasn't going to be too sustainable either. And I knew I was going to get laid off in about six months or so. So it was really that time where I was just said, okay, well, I was living at home at the time. So I didn't have a massive amount of overhead, not a tremendous amount of student loans. So I decided to kind of take a leap of faith. I don't want to say that was the only option, but I knew that at some point you have to kind of bite the bullet and go through those difficult and tough times. And I know they constantly happen. So for me, it was just that that frustration, that dark period in my life um, where a lot of times, you know, interviewing entrepreneurs and business owners kind of brought light to me. It kind of made me feel like I was home. So it was that outlet that kind of laid or, or plant or created those bricks and that foundation for, you know, everything that I'm doing now. So. Mm-hmm. Mm. So I'd love to know what your perspective is on how vital do you think the leap of faith is for entrepreneurs? I mean, I think it's huge. I mean, I think if you look at, I think it's becoming a lot, entrepreneurship and starting a business is becoming a little bit more, you know, okay. People, you know, have their side hustles or things that they're doing, but I knew at least for me, I think still, you know, entrepreneurship and business is kind of um, not a majority thing. Everybody's not doing it or mm-hmm. they're not doing it to a certain level or degree. So a lot of times, and the reason I bring that up is you will have a lot of people that tell you you shouldn't do that or tell you that you're crazy or tell you that you're out of your mind. I myself had to deal with it. That was probably one of the most difficult things and probably still it isn't as difficult as it was when I started, but it definitely is something that continued to comes up. So you have to kind of be comfortable in that swimming against the grain and taking that leap of faith. Because a lot of times you might have friends, family members, those closest to you that maybe don't see the world in that perspective or see that that is an option or how you should you know live your life. And they're going to tell you not to do that. So a lot of times when I talk about taking a leap of faith, I think it's, you know, definitely I'm going to go start the business. And sometimes, you know, I leave my job or, or not, whatever that might be for that specific person. But I think it's also going against the grain for those that love you and care for you. They may not necessarily agree with, agree with the decisions that you make. And I think it, it speaks to that as well, too, because that's sometimes one of the most difficult things about running a business is just like that emotional aspect and, and making sure that you have that kind of environment around you so that you can try to be more successful. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So important to have other entrepreneurs or other people around you who are of the same mindset or understanding. I remember when I first found a group of people who thought the same way I did. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's like, oh my gosh, I'm not crazy. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And actually having people tell me, oh no, those dreams aren't big enough. Like you need to dream bigger. Yeah. I'm being completely floored. Like, what are you talking about? Right. You know, everybody else tells me that those are way big enough. (laughs) Exactly. Maybe you should scale back a little bit. Yeah. 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 That's awesome. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But I definitely experienced that. Yeah. 
Yeah. Mostly in your family, do you think? Yeah. I mean, at that time, it was definitely my family. Um, my mom and dad, they're both a little bit more traditional type businesses. My mom had worked for a local utility and, and my dad, he was in the military, then he worked for the government. So those are pretty stable positions, I think, where I don't see one of those going anywhere anytime soon. And they had this son that was a little bit different, I guess you can say, marched to a different drum. But I think that it's also an understanding too, like, where people are coming from. Like anytime I I get advice or anything, it's also understanding like where that perspective, the perspective from that person. And when I kind of thought about that and thought about both my parents have had those stable positions, I understood a little bit more about where they're coming from. So I didn't take it as personally, but it didn't happen like that instantly. I, I had a girlfriend at the time that she also said just like that, like, why don't you, you know, dream a little smaller or I guess take the base hit and try to hit in a home run. This things like that, you know, you're around that environment. But just as you said, like it was the exact same experience for me where I started to do these interviews and I'm like, oh, wow, you have a business oh, you're super you know, optimistic. Yes, you go through hard and difficult times, but it's just your mentality is such that I get so attracted to it and I really feel at home that it was that and you know, joining networking groups and those things mm-hmm. kind of gave me that environment that despite those who love you and care for you, don't want to see you fail, um, you still have to come sometimes fail in order to succeed. And I think that's one of the things that I learned, not necessarily from them, but I learned from all the entrepreneurs, business owners, all the content that I read and, and take in. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you're taking in a lot of content. Yeah, You're putting out a new show every day. Is that yes. right? Yes, yeah. every day. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So that's a lot of great information, though, that you're being exposed to also. And, and encouragement. I imagine it's got to be pretty encouraging to hear people's stories and, and coming through the hard times. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I, I always say a blog and the podcast is like my business school. And I think that it's largely because of that. I'm really big into, I, I think a lot of times we try to push away the negative, which I think is really difficult to do. I'm really big into trying to, you know, fill your time with as much positive as possible. So um, the podcast and interviews has been definitely been a, a big way for me to do that. And I think Sometimes when you hear that somebody has gone through a difficult time, they have had a struggle and they get through it. They don't know how to make payroll. They don't know if they're going to be able to keep the lights on that, you know, that week. And you hear that and you hear how they overcome it. It helps you to realize that that is possible for one. But two, also, when you get through those difficult periods, you're also able to kind of, um, you know, put your head down, do whatever you have to do to make it work. And then you can, too, you know, have a story to tell as well. Hmm. Yeah. So of all of the interviews that you've done, do you have anything that really sticks out in your mind of maybe like the best advice you've gotten or the best thing that you've heard? That's a really great question. I think that the biggest thing that has consistently come up, and it's not necessarily one interview, but that's also the great thing about having done so many interviews. You, you start to hear trends of what these people are doing, what guests are doing constantly over and over again. It's like, you know, sometimes I can be a little bit hardheaded. So it's like, you don't hear it the first time that you should do it. But if you hear it a bunch of times throughout yeah. the week, then you're like, okay, well, that's a sign <laughs> that I need to start paying attention to that. And I think the biggest thing is, you know, the morning routines. And I heard so many times, you know, obviously you want to know your business information. You want to know about financing. You want to know about marketing and things like that. But I think it 
is really put on the back burner, that whole mindset and making sure you set up your day to be successful and how important that is. And that's literally been probably the most consistent thing. So the morning routines aren't just, you know, regular morning routines. They're very intentional. And typically they start earlier than than a person's day. So some people have the 5 a.m. I, I admit I am not, definitely not a 5 a.m. person. <laughs> Me either. <laughs> Great. <laughs> but the concept is kind of there. You want to basically have time so that before the day gets started, you don't get caught up in the day. So, you know, that could be 6 a.m., could be 7, could be 8, whatever it might be. And that's different for everybody. But I think it's so important to kind of be intentional in the beginning of the day. And then you allow yourself for probably the biggest thing is to get in the right mindset. Um, so you can be successful, you can, you know, express gratitude, you can meditate, um, you can, you know, do whatever it is for you that you need to do to be successful. And I, I think the probably right under that, as far as advice is that different things work for different people. Um, just as we talked about with the time, like some people are going to be the 4am, 5am club, other people might be the one or two or AM club and as mm -hmm. far as like when they're getting things done. But I think that once you find out what works for you, once you find, you know, those things, those hacks, as I like to call them that work, then you start to just kind of double down on that. And you shouldn't be frustrated or upset if your hack or I call them hacks or things that you do to be effective and efficient are different from somebody else's. Because at the end of the day, we all can be successful in a different way. Yeah, I think that's huge because I think there's also such a push out right now with, you know, there's a lot of people who are advertising themselves as coaches and I can help you, you know, make millions of dollars mm -hmm. if you just do A, B, C, and D. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You're smiling here. I, I have a feeling you have a thought about it. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, it's a huge thing. I think that... um you know, and I'm in the marketing and, and advertising world, but I think that a lot of times, I'm again, I'm really big at where things are coming from. And I, I think over, overall marketing and advertising is really great because it gives the opportunity for people to talk about their, their products and services. But on the flip side, sometimes if it's not done with the person in mind, it can be very detrimental. And I think that there's... In advertising, sometimes you definitely find this a lot in the weight loss industry is that it, it's, it's sometimes constructed in order to make you feel like you're missing something mm -hmm. and you have some type of lack. You don't have the perfect body. You're not smart enough. You're not intelligent enough. But I think that that's mm -hmm. why, you know, going back to those morning routines and things and meditating is it gives you that opportunity to kind of be at peace, be alone, be with your own thoughts so that you aren't being bombarded with these messages because they can, of course, be positive. I'm, not, I'm definitely not saying that, but I think that sometimes some of the most successful, you know, advertising campaigns will create that lack or make you feel like you're not enough. And that's just mm -hmm. not true because I think, you know, from, you know, running a business, from, you know, reading so much content and, and listening to so many things is that you always have enough. You have way more probably than what you think to be successful, to do what you want to do, to accomplish what you want to accomplish. Mm -hmm. And I think that if you allow those advertising messages and that stimuli to tell you that you're not enough, then you will feel that and you won't be able to produce. But in reality, you need to make sure that you have time that you're able to kind of meditate and, and do those things to understand that I am enough and it might be hard. I might have to roll up my sleeves, but I'm definitely able to do it. 
Yeah. Gosh, that's so powerful. Mm -hmm. I love that you, that you say that because I do see a lot of marketing out there and a lot of people teaching to target people's pain points. I think Mm -hmm. that's what I, that the key term that I hear is what is their pain point and, and really dig into that and make them feel the pain, (laughs) (laughs) which like boils my blood in a sense. Like it really upsets me because I do think it makes people feel like I am less than what I need to be rather than focusing on, I have everything I need inside of me to do what it is I want to do. I think it makes people not follow through. It makes them more afraid to take that leap of faith and to step out and do what they're, they're really intended to do. Yeah, absolutely. It's it's definitely a sad thing. And it's all in how that's positioned because you do, I think inherently, like a lot of times we create podcasts, we create blogs, you know, we create products and services because we do want to solve a problem. But I think it's Mm -hmm. all in somebody's character and morales really on how in which you communicate that and through advertising. Because if you have a pain point, you are supposed to create something that creates a solution or or provides a solution. But at the same time, you don't want to make somebody feel less than worthy or less than able in order to potentially sell your product or service that may or may not actually do that or may have them continually have to buy something else again and again and again and again and again to make that happen. So, Yeah, yeah. You focused on helping increase business business success rates, but doing it in an ethical way. Yes. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Which is huge because I think it's helpful. People need to know what that looks like to do it in an ethical way because a lot of the unethical ways are the loudest, unfortunately. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So let's talk a little bit about SEO. Is that okay? Absolutely. Let's do it. I know SEO is not very vulnerable, but... (laughs) (laughs) It's necessary. (laughs) It is so necessary. And it totally freaks me out when I see the word or the letters SEO, because Mm -hmm. it seems like this big, scary thing that most of us really know nothing about. Exactly. Yeah. So... I've gotten to know a little bit more about SEO on my blog uh, just because I have a program that tells me this is what you do. This is what you don't do. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Yeah. Maybe can you give people a little summary or or something about it that makes it maybe a little less scary and a good direction to get people going in the SEO way? Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. I think one of the big things about all of marketing is that you really want to understand. I usually say two or three different things, the three questions you want to ask yourself. Um, the biggest thing is like what, who your target market is. So you really want to understand that first. And I, I think one of the big things, one of the big kind of mistakes that I see people make is they'll jump into doing SEO without kind of getting clear and understanding too that it is an evolutionary process. So you're going to continue to have to kind of drill down on who your target market is. The next thing I probably would say is understand what your goal is. So understand, you know, from a business standpoint, you know, are you trying to get more people to go to your blog site? Are you trying to sell more, you know, products or services? Just understanding those, you know, different aspects. And then 
at the end of the day, you you want to be you know very honest about the resources that you have, which is usually what makes most of the decisions. So once you get kind of clear on those three questions, then you can really jump into the different ways that you can promote your business. And um, the big thing is that um, SEO really includes a lot of them. And kind of simplistically, if you want to think about what SEO is, it stands for search engine optimization. But the whole entire idea is that you are basically trying to show up for when people are searching for um, whatever it is you provide on Google. One of the big things that people usually say is that whenever they type their name in or they type in their business name, um, generally speaking, if it's a, a very specific business name, you're probably going to rank for that. So it's not to say that that's not important. It's just that typically you're already going to show up for that. So when SEO really starts to, to work and really you start to strategically look at it, what you're trying to do is for those people that don't know you, that don't know your business name, don't know, maybe you didn't get your business card, you want them to find you for the product or service that you provide. So you really want to think that, you know, if you are a a business coach and your business coach in Colorado, for example, or Washington, D.C., you want to basically rank for when somebody says business coach in Washington, D.C. are very specific. Like if you have a very specific niche, you want to really drill down on that. So that's really kind of like the overall kind of idea of SEO. And the thing about it and the thing that makes it so scary is because it is kind of mystical where there are things that are in kind of the algorithm that Google has that will help you to rank higher or not rank higher. And then it also changes on a regular basis. Mm -hmm. uh, but <laughs> yeah, there's a lot of moving parts with it. But the, the big thing to, to really understand is that you're always going to make decisions on those three questions that I talked about. And the reason that I brought those up first, and I usually talk about that is because you can easily, you know, go down trying to rank for a certain keyword that may not necessarily be advantageous for you because it doesn't necessarily bring in clients. It doesn't bring in customers. So you have to kind of make that decision and sometimes working with a marketing person that understands that and accepts that you will be able to make the decision on whether that works or not. Because if that doesn't drive in the right clients for you, then that may not necessarily be, you may not even want to invest in SEO on a, a very deep level if it doesn't necessarily make sense. If you're not bringing in the right clients or you're getting the clients that aren't actually, you know, helping you to, to you know, pay your, 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 your bills. So just understanding some of those things, but you want to kind of know exactly about what it is that you do. But yeah, there's a, there's a lot that goes into it, but just simplistically think that, hey, you know, Google is trying to basically make a connection. They want the searcher, the person that's on Google searching for the business coach in Colorado to find business coaches in Colorado, if they find a business coach in California, that's not going to be a valuable search for them. So that's what they're all, that's all Google is trying to do is trying to make that connection. And you just want to make sure that you use the best practices in order to, to try to make sure that happens. Mm -hmm. Okay. So this is what you help people do to optimize their sites, to be able to pull up higher in the search engine and all that. Correct. Yes. Okay. Yeah. We're going to have a conversation after this is over. Okay. Like <laughs> Perfect. It still feels very overwhelming to me. It I, is. I mean, I've, I've spent years trying to figure this out and it's mm -hmm. still, it's, it's almost like, you know, sometimes our brains work in a certain way and sometimes they just don't. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And that's why it's important. I, I mean, I think, to have people on your team right. when you are an entrepreneur 
who I'm classic for, I can figure out how to do it myself. Right. Uh, this is something I'm working on. <laughs> uh, I'm like, oh yeah, I'll just figure it out myself. Um, but there are, first of all, it's a waste of time. And yeah. second of all, there are people like you who specialize in these areas and it's helpful. I think so helpful to have a good team of people because we can't know every single thing. Right. I think definitely like what you said, I think, first of all, you know, understanding that SEO is not easy and it's super competitive, depending on what you're trying to show up for is a very big thing. Because if you really look at a search page, you really want to show up on the on the um, first page and there's only 10 spots. So if you're thinking about every single business that might want to show up in that spot, there's only 10 spots. There could be, especially for like plumbers and electricians and certain industries where it's super competitive, Mm -hmm. there's thousands and thousands of businesses. But I think too, like understanding that, you know, just like, you know, life, just like running a business, it's a process. And sometimes, and that's why I said that resource piece, that resource question was something that's really, really big because a lot of times when you start you know, a business, you might do a lot of those things yourself. But I think it's important to kind of understand so that when you hire somebody or you talk with somebody that you at least have some awareness of it, because it can be very overwhelming. It can be a lot because you are, you know, running a business. And I think we also sometimes have to figure out where our sweet spot is. And that just kind of sometimes comes over time. So Mm -hmm. yeah, yeah, like I can bring it to this point and then I need somebody else. <laughs> we all need help. <laughs> Success is a team sport. <laughs> it's so true. So true. So starting your business, you you had some pushback from your family, from friends, from people who are close to you, but you continue to push through and got it going how are they all now? Do you feel like people eventually come back around or do you still get a lot of the pushback and how do you kind of handle that? Yeah. I mean, I think my faith has been a really big thing as far as like how to handle that aspect sometimes. And and again, that's why I did a lot of that exploration into myself and, you know, having, you know, private conversations with God just to kind of see, what my gift was, what I was called to do, you know, as you spoke about it. And I think that a lot of times you have to do that and you understand that that is not necessarily going to be accepted by everybody. So I think that is a process in and of itself for you to kind of get at peace with that and understand that not everybody is going to be okay with that. But I think that, you know, once that happens for me personally, Yes, it has. It hasn't, you know, it hasn't been everybody for sure. It's not the case. But Mm -hmm. I think for those that, again, understanding where people are coming from, like for my parents specifically, like they love you. So when you have kids, you never want to see them scrape their knee. You never want to see them struggle. You never want to see those things happen. Understanding that business is one of those difficult things, one of the hardest things that I've ever done for sure. I think that you understand a little bit more about where they come from. And they also see you within a different lens. So I think probably one of the biggest things that has kind of changed their perspective a little bit more was I was in networking groups and we would have like basically every, I want to say six months or so, we would basically be able to give kind of like a 10 minute presentation on what exactly we do. And I remember I brought my mom, the very first one, and I didn't, you know, think much of it because at the end of it, people go around and talk about, you know, how the, all the things you did to kind of help them out. So it's very, you know, a very positive environment. 
But it wasn't until I, I think I'd invited my dad at the second one that I did. I heard my mom say that you should uh, definitely come. You'll see him in an entirely different light. And that's kind of like when it, it changed for me, like they started to maybe see me in a different light. So, of course, I invited mm-hmm. my, my father as well, too. And then you start to see me in a different light. And then again, you know, you're doing that understanding of that. They see you as their kid. You know, they've known me since before I even knew myself. And now you're stepping up in a different way and you went down a different path. But at the same time, you're making an impact and not just you're saying it. So many other people are saying it. So I think that's when it starts to change. But with that being said, there's still going to be people out there that are not going to accept you, that are not going to want you to do that. And they have their reasons for that. It could be they want to do it and they are afraid to do it. It could be they just don't want to see you to succeed. But I think it's all in trying to be at peace with, and it's a constant struggle, but trying to be at peace with the decisions that you make and understanding that you're not doing it in spite of anybody. You're doing it just simply because you feel like you're called to do it. And I think that that's something that I, you know, I I really try to pray on and I try to work on it as best as I can, but it can definitely be frustrating because you never truly know, but you just keep kind of working at it. Just like, you know, everything else in life. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. That's awesome. You, you kind of invited your parents along like to see you in your true, you know, place of thriving. And that sounds like it made a big difference. I think it's, it'd be an unnatural or, or a lie for me to even say that, you don't want acceptance. You can just, I think it's really, really difficult to say, I'm just going to go, you know, through life by myself. I mean, I'm going to do whatever I want to do and not pay attention to everybody. Even if you you are able to kind of manage that a little bit, I think deep down, we all want to be accepted. We all want to feel like we belong somewhere. We're part of something. And I think that anytime you have the, you know, entrepreneurial people or even people in so many different ways that, you know, are cut from a different cloth, maybe think about things differently we too want that. So I think deep down, you know, you do want that. You want to mm-hmm. hear that acceptance and have that acceptance. And I think that you have to be able to understand that is part of like who we are as humans and who we are as people. And I think that you, if you also understand that everybody isn't going to accept you and they're not going to be happy with the decisions that you make, then you get somewhat some more peace. It's definitely still hard, but, um, you know, mm-hmm. it, it helps understanding that this is like, kind of like who we are as people. Yeah. Gosh, I couldn't agree with you more. There's so many people who say, oh, you just need to not care. (laughs) And it's like, (laughs) wait a minute. (laughs) I don't think that's possible. Yeah, yeah. And I always say if we do get to a place where we truly don't care, then that's an issue in itself. Like, (laughs) (laughs) yes, we need to look at some uh, different, maybe possible diagnoses for ourselves. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I think it's a gift to care. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And being able, it sounds like you're saying too, like being able to balance that caring with also still continuing on your path and, and doing what it is that you feel called to do. And I think that's so possible Yeah, to to have both, to embrace the fact that it hurts or it's hard when people you love aren't on board and aren't supporting you and that you can still continue to, to move forward. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And it's definitely, you know, a balance and something you, you have to work on, but even probably a step further than that being called, and it's kind of right in line, is just having your own personal mission. 
And I think that's a lot of times what I'll go back to is like, this is not only what I'm called to do, but this is like how I'll, I'll express exactly what I've been called to do. And I think that when you're able to go back to that and that mission is not like, you know, destroy the world or something that's extremely negative. It's something that's positive, even though, you know, just as you said, just as you asked me, you may make a very difficult decision and people may not agree with you, but they may come around later on because they understand like what you're doing, why you're doing it, what you're trying to actually do to impact the world on a positive basis. They may not necessarily see it in the very beginning, but that's not necessarily a bad thing. You just have to stay true to your mission, stay true to what you're called to do. And then you can put everything through that filter and make decisions based off of that. Yeah, that's good. So how do people write their mission? Do you have tips for that? I think it, first of all, you know, write it in pencil, I would definitely say, because it's definitely going to evolve. (laughs) (laughs) But um, I I think for me, it was just kind of going back to, you know, who I was, what I wanted to do, how I wanted to impact the world. And for me, you know, I keep going back to it, but it really was me as a kid, what I felt like was my passion. And that kind of talks more about like maybe the how, but if you continue to ask, you know, just as kids sometimes will ask us like, why, you know, why this, if you continue to, to ask yourself that question, so you want to, you know, you want to create a podcast. Why do you want to create a podcast? Okay. I want to, you know, talk about my story. Why do you want to talk about your story? Oh, because it will help out people. You just continue to keep asking yourself mm-hmm. why. I think you get really closer to your mission. I think that when you're really at your mission, at least I believe this is that it doesn't necessarily become um, something that's tangible. So when, you know, I talked about the example of the podcast, yes, that is a tangible thing that kind of you do to do to, to make sure that happens. But I think your actual mission is something that you can do in a podcast, you can do in a blog, you can do an event, you can do by writing a book. I think when you get to your mission, it's not that tangible thing. It's less tangible, more this is the impact that I'm trying to have, or this is the help that I'm trying to create. So I think when you really get to your mission, that's when that happens. But I think, again, you know, it's not something that you're going to wake up and necessarily see it. It's going to be something you're involved. You're going to test out something and you think you're going to like it and you don't like it. And then you ask yourself, why don't I like it? And you just do that, those practices, you know, over and over again. But I think if I could say as one more thing, I think sometimes to get closer to your mission, you actually will feel closer when you're doing something in direct the opposite of what you should be doing. Mm. I think when you feel so uncomfortable and, you know, it's a balance as well, too, because you want to get comfortable being uncomfortable. But at the same time, you should be growing. But if you feel like this is nothing about like what I want to do, I, I can't stand this. I don't like this. Mm. Maybe the direct opposite of that is actually where you should be heading. And, you know, it's all on a case by case, you know, basis. But I think a lot of times I I felt like even, you know, in my life where I wasn't where I should be and I didn't feel comfortable there. Sometimes in my case, I was literally probably doing it because I was afraid to do something else. So Mm -hmm. that fearful thing that I didn't that step I didn't take was actually what I should have been doing. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I say a lot that I learned how I really want to be and what I want to do by watching what I don't want. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Seeing other people lead in a way that I don't want to do. Um, it's yeah, that has huge power to it also. And I think you bring up a really good point of people feeling uncomfortable and, but not moving sometimes, you know what I mean? Like staying stuck in that place of, I know I hate this. I know I don't want this in my life. 
and too afraid to take that leap of faith to move forward. So I'm just going to stay here, which sucks, really. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's there's kind of this, um, I think there's a quote or a story or, or something where it said the most valuable place in the world isn't like this, you know, the bank or all these places, the most valuable place in the world um, is like the graveyard because there's so many people that have so many unwritten books, so many inventions, so many things that they were too potentially afraid to create and didn't take that leap, didn't take that step. They left the world without, you know, providing that to the world. And I think that if we kind of take that into account and remember that sometimes we build up those steps that we have to take to be more than what they are. All you have to do is just take a step. It could be a super small step, but just take that step towards creating that. And I think that even just practicing facing fear in and of itself definitely helps out as well. So. Mm-hmm. Mm. That's a good one. I like that. (laughs) I've never heard that before. Gosh, that's powerful. Mm -hmm, It is. Yeah. All right. Well, I'm going to move into questions that I have for you. Mm -hmm. And I have my two that I always ask my guests, but I have an extra one for you. So the first one is, is what do you feel has been the most vital to your growth? I think being around that community, being around entrepreneurship has definitely, you know, helped me tremendously to, you know, to really be successful. Because I think that a lot of times we feel like we have to have everything in place. We have to have a certain environment, but often, even for me, like a lot of times you have to create that environment. So I think that has probably been one of the biggest things that has impacted me the most, other than probably, you know, just my faith in and of itself. But I think that understanding that you know I have my faith and then I have a community but if I don't have it I can build it as well too and that could be in a lot of different ways it could be books it could be interviewing people on podcasts it could be listening to reading blogs and things like that but you can create that environment in a lot of different ways but you just kind of have to do that mm-hmm. yeah not just expect it to like fall out of the sky <laughs> no we wish <laughs> but no <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. It's a really great point. Yeah. We need that community so much. What do you want to make sure walking away from this podcast that people know? For me, it's just that one of the big things we talked about and one of the things I could say that has been a common theme for my life is you definitely have enough, you know, to do whatever it is that you want to do to accomplish whatever it is that, you know, you want to accomplish. I think that as we talked about with advertising and marketing and and sometimes our family and our friends, it can basically try to break you down a lot of times. But just know that you have enough. Just know that you just have to take those steps. And I think one of the biggest things that I wish I knew, you know, when I started my business and probably when I was younger, actually, is that success is not a straight line. And some of the Mm -hmm. most successful people have failed so many times. And I think that you have this picture of success being perfect and it's not perfect. You, you shouldn't look at it like that. You shouldn't expect it to be. It's natural to kind of want or see that, but there is a process that everybody goes through to get to where they want to be. And if you understand that, then, you know, you will have peace in sometimes those mistakes and those failures as well. Mm-hmm. I love that. I think it goes back to something you said earlier to make sure you write it in pencil. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Mm -hmm. 
Yeah, that there's no definite way to get there, that it's going to constantly change. Mm. And I find myself getting caught in that. That's one of probably my stumbling areas is mm. it's supposed to look this way. Right. It's supposed to go this way. And then when it doesn't, and then I have to change it for a long time. I was like, oh, I just need to create this business and it needs to be the same forever. Yeah. But then something would come up and I'd change something huge and almost feel like a failure that right. I had to change it rather than being like, man, this is entrepreneurship. Like, <laughs> yeah. This is what it looks like. Yeah. And that definitely happened to me even this year. Like I had to rebuild a lot of things and I had to relook at things because I'd been doing this business for about seven years. And when I really asked myself, you know, had I adjusted, had I really like gone back to the mission of the business itself or how I wanted to look and kind of revisited that, I hadn't really. So I had to make a lot of shifts and changes, make sure that I was getting the clients that I wanted to get. But you have to kind of do that yourself. It doesn't just kind of you know, magically happen. And I think that when you have that mentality, it helps out a little bit, but I struggle with that mildly as much as I think most people do. But yeah, it's just part of the process, I guess. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's, it's always helpful to know we're not the only one. Yes, it Who's does. Tra- <laughs> That's why I love your podcast. <laughs> oh, thank you. Okay. So I want to know out of all the people that you've interviewed, and I know one of the questions that you ask your guest is, what is their definition of CEO, which when I was preparing to be on your podcast, that one completely threw me off for some reason. (laughs) (laughs) So I really want to know what's your favorite, what's your favorite definition of CEO? That's a really great question. (laughs) (laughs) There's so many that I love. And I would just say one of the reasons I started the podcast is because I wanted to give a full kind of breadth of entrepreneurship and what business looks like. So for me, I think that there's so many great ones. (laughs) I think maybe chief energy officer has been one of my, my favorite ones, just because I think everything is energy. Mm -hmm. And, and it was a DJ, um, DJ Valerie B. Love actually, who gave this definition. And she basically talked about, you know, how much and how important it is to have that energy. And I think that whatever we're trying to do, we're trying to create a business. If we're trying to start a podcast, if we just want to drive Uber, everything is energy. So if you can basically tap into that, showcase that in everything that you're doing throughout your life, then you are kind of like that CEO and you have that mentality. So it wasn't ever meant to be like, oh, this is a title that you have. Granted, I do have entrepreneurs and business owners on the show, but I think the whole idea was really to redefine it. So if I had to pick one, you're, you're holding me to the fire. I'm going to pick that one. But there's so many great ones that mm-hmm. uh, people have been on the show. So I love it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I love that. That's awesome. All right, Gresh. I know that people are going to want to connect with you to just get to know you better, but also find you and your services because many of us entrepreneurs need you. (laughs) (laughs) And so why don't you let people know how they can find you, but also you offer free website consultations and business consultations. So why don't you expand on those for us? 
Yeah, absolutely. So I'm a web designer, so I have a lot of different websites, but my hub of where you can go to find, you know, anything is, is I am Gresh, I am G-R-E-S-H dot com. That has a landing page that goes directly to my site and it, you'll see a button that says projects that I'm working on. So you'll find links to Blue 16 Media, the IMCO podcast, uh, CEO Blog Nation, CB Nation, all those links there. And definitely, I, I think, one of the reasons that I like doing web design, and again, I focus primarily on SEO, but I think the website is the foundation of everything you do from a digital marketing standpoint. So typically what I'll do is just kind of have a, a conversation with business owners just to get an idea of exactly like what they're trying to accomplish, those three questions. And a lot of times you build your website or your foundation based off of that. So I always you know, do checkups with you know business owners just to kind of see if what is set up is in alignment with what they're trying to do. If they don't know what's in a, what, what they want to do, what they want to accomplish, then also, you know, have conversations about that. But like I, you know, said, I'm, I'm definitely a busybody. So if I can help out in any way, whether it be business related or even not, I would love to help. So definitely please reach out to me. Awesome. Yeah. I'll have the links to everything in the show notes too. So people can check out the podcast and all of the things that you do. And I know when you and I connected, you sent me a free evaluation of mm-hmm. my website, which was super cool. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so that's another thing people can reach out to you for just to, for you to take a look and see like what they need to improve, what's working well. I appreciated that too, that you told me what was good about it also. <laughs> This part is terrible. (laughs) I didn't use those words. (laughs) No, but it was really informative and awesome. So thank you for that. Yeah. No problem. Thank you. Yeah. So reach out to Gresh and get to know him better. You're awesome. Thank you so much for being here. I have really enjoyed talking with you. Yeah, this has definitely been fun. I love everything you're doing. So I appreciate sharing the airways with you for a little bit. Yeah, thank you. All right, my friends, what an awesome interview. We absolutely believe in the power of our stories. And we are so very grateful to our guests who have the courage to speak their truth and share their heart experiences and light with all of us. If you want more of the WE podcast, make sure you head over to thewespot.com where you can find all of our episodes as well as the WE Spot blog. The WE Spot is your go-to spot for growth, connection, authenticity, and encouragement. You can also find us on social media. Head over to the We Spot Facebook and Instagram pages and get plugged in. You can also find me, Sarah Moneras, on my personal Facebook and Instagram pages as well. If you love the We Podcast, we would be thrilled for you to rate the podcast and write us a review. We want as many people as possible to be lifted up in growth and get connected with our community. Also, don't forget to subscribe so you don't miss out on new episodes dropping every single week. We can't wait to see you over on social media. Thank you for being here today. It means a lot to us. Remember, your story makes you who you are. Speak your truth, grow constantly, rise above, and always know you are not on this journey alone. See you next time.